0: So hello again, Rabbi.
1: Morning, Joe. And
0: welcome, Roy, again, uh, to our ongoing discussion about firearms and firearm violence and uh, and the concern that everybody has in this country right now about what to do about all this. And in our last discussion, we were talking about uh, the weapon versus the person and, and what is needed in order to help fix, for lack of a better word, the problem with firearm violence. And you guys are saying that we should look at training as opposed to regulation as a way to deal with the situation.
1: Well, that's a little misleading because the training leads to being able to purchase the firearm. So we're not talking about wholesale or anybody You know, the perfect example is the automobile and the horse's carriage. And when it was invented, anybody could, and the Wright brothers, they were bicyclist people. They made a flying machine. So anybody could fly, anybody could drive a car. And as time went on, we realized that's not a good idea without some training. You know, imagine what it was like before traffic lights. Even if you had a police officer with flags, everyone realized you can't just have anybody operating any of these objects. And so what Roy and I are saying is not just anybody should have access to or be able to purchase a firearm. And I think the automobile airplane is a really good analogy. However, we don't have to be draconian. And then come back to something in the middle. Why don't we start with a middle position? So, Roy, what do you think would be reasonable for what training should I get or need before purchasing? Right. So, <clears throat> based on uh, yeah, I've been around
2: firearms most of my life. Uh, I, I am a firearms instructor, so I have a lot of experience with people um, from all, all walks of life um, and out on the range with them. So, again, with uh, I don't want to burden the second amendment greatly. And a lot of, um, firearm organizations would disagree with my point of view, but I believe that if you're a first time, uh, purchaser of a firearm, there should be some training without a significant financial burden, uh, to the individual. And I'm talking four hours, uh, potentially so that would just the four-hour training would just give you the basic uh firearm operations safety your responsibility to own that firearm i don't think that's an unreasonable step um to to allowing somebody to have a
1: firearm okay so we isn't that like the hql here in maryland handgun qualification license in order to purchase you have to how long is that course? How many hours is so, that? So that course is four hours, but
2: it, it is under. It, it's probably going to end up in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I think Maryland shall issue MSI. Is is um, I don't know where they are with it right now, <clears throat> but there there are lawsuits against it because it this basic one does overburden the citizens. So if you're you're not a um, you know, when you think about buying a firearm for protection, so you're a family that uh, lives in a crime-ridden section, wherever it might be. So, for our safety, is in my mind reasonable to get an individual just to know the firearm and understand the safety, understand the responsibility that person um, is, is undertaking. As far as the next step, as far as personal protection outside the home different organizations uh, i tell you the nra has a 16 hour basic course stuff like
1: that but again would be okay, so that's that would be to carry to take your gun outside your home Correct. so i'm thinking of a learner's permit driving you get a learner's permit then you get your license And I'm thinking this is sort of what you're talking about. The safety training would be like a learner's permit. So now I can keep a gun in my home. If, however, I want to go anywhere with it, like I want to be able to drive the car on the street, just because I have a learner's permit doesn't mean I have to get a driver's license. I can just have a learner's permit, right? So this is two stages. Then the second would be a course about responsibility and well, what would it include? What would I need to carry outside?
2: Well, you, you would need to understand your, your state's um, legal uh, responsibility for carrying that. Everything from, uh, you know, when you can use a firearm, when you cannot use a firearm. So, you know, you get some people out there who, who don't even have a clue and they just bought it. You know, we're talking to different societies here, too. A good part of the United States, especially... Um, the midsection and, and, and other other states that hunting is a big thing and and parents teach their kids from from a early age proper firearm safety and so on but I think you know you have other areas that you know and we've seen the explosion now that so many people bought firearms that have no idea they just got concerned because of safety issues or uh, in potential inability to buy a firearm and from my armors that I know. People were coming in, they, they had no idea what they were purchasing. They had no idea about firearm. They were just trying to get it. But Rabbi,
0: to point out, as I feel I must, my daughter did not buy our car. Uh, I bought it. And now I'm teaching her how to drive and I might be a lousy teacher. And the only thing that I could be worse at probably would be firearm instructor. And I could go and buy a gun Today, well, I could theoretically buy a gun. And in a couple of days I would have a gun. And I don't think I, I'm not aware, at least in the state of Virginia, if I had to complete any training requirements in order to purchase it. And then I would attempt to teach my child or my spouse uh, uh, how to use it. And there's no control in that No,
1: but there would be control if you had, you have to take a four hour class So you have some concepts of safety, which end of the gun the bullet comes out, how to secure it with a trigger lock, how to put it in a safe so that someone doesn't just grab it. So you've learned all of this. Now, your choice, do you want want to expose your child or not? And I, I think there is a limit to what we as a country, as a government can go into your home. However, you as a responsible adult, have to make those decisions. I think something else that Roy brought up is a real problem in our country, and that's that we always go for one size fits all. We have a very hard time with the idea that in the Great Plains, things are not the same as in D.C. And to try to pass the same rules and regulations, even speed limits aren't the same all over the country. You can have different speed limits when you get go west. There's nothing wrong with a state saying, because of our rural nature, because of what's going on, this is what will fit best. Still safety, and then still training outside the home. However, it can be tailored to the population. It can be tailored to the geography. It can be tailored to the economic situation of people. Yet the basic principle is still the same. In order to purchase a firearm, and I think it should be whether it's a a long barrel, short barrel, or medium barrel, it's a firearm. All firearms, firearms regardless, will require four hours of safety, or three and a half hours, or (laughs) five hours, whatever we do, whatever's decided. Okay, you get your safety training, then that gun stays home. If you want to take it somewhere, if you want to go hunting, you take a hunting safety class so that you don't endanger other hunters and you, you don't hurt yourself Got by that. whatever things you may do out of ignorance of knowing what a gun can do.
2: I, I never saw a hunting safety class where people were um, upset that they had to be there. The instructors normally did a very good job, stuff that was brought up that people didn't recognize, stuff like that. So, you know, a four-hour, you know, I'm just talking reasonable stuff here. You know, I mean, the federal government could come up with a reasonable uh, online four-hour course that would be standardized. I mean, who, who, you know, we're asking people to give up four hours just to get consistency here. And then, you, you know, your states could decide, you know, if what might be required to carry that firearm. I mean, right now you have constitutional carry versus uh, not, you know, so, uh, or like Maryland may issue versus shell issue. You know, there's so, so much there, so many other training, but, you know, again, I I've seen there's gotta be a in my mind, there should be a minimal safety course and I think it should be standardized to a certain extent as far. I mean, a four hour safety course. So even if you're that person out in Montana and you raise your kids, hey, let's watch this. Let's do this. Let's improve our safety. I can tell you, though, I mean, this might be getting out of the discussion. We're focused. These things that we're talking about, the average citizen is not a safety risk. It, they really are not. So the gun deaths don't happen. In fact, you um, there, there's information out there, studies that say a concealed carry, somebody who, who can, has a conceal, concealed carry permit is safer than law enforcement and, and actually prevents crimes more often than law enforcement. Law right. enforcement.
1: Go ahead. Let's save, yeah, we can save that for uh, another topic. Discussion, but that stands. That all stands. And all right. so, first is to purchase a gun. We use right. the existing system for background checks, so, okay? Right. Well so done. They,
2: right, so I, they, fix the next, they fix the next system, it's it's better. That's the first thing. Second thing is somehow you take a four hour safety course or like you said, maybe the state's regulated and they say we just need to make sure people understand the safety and how to uh, secure the firearm properly in their own home, it's a two hour course. Who knows? Right,
1: right. Then, then after that, if you wanna go hunting, Or you want to carry a firearm outside you take one of the courses for carrying outside a home or for hunting
0: all right let me ask this question you're talking about training mandatory training what about testing i have taught to far too many teenagers to know that they just sort of sit there look at their phones and nod their head and after four hours go out and do whatever they want in the netherlands for example to get your hunting license you have to be able to identify a pregnant doe from a male deer uh, at a certain distance and pass a uh, shooting test where you can hit a grouping at a certain distance?
1: Well, I think we we could do that with carrying outside, with hunting. I don't think that's unreasonable. It just would be a matter of making the test reasonable and not making the test so hard that no one could pass. And that I would see as a danger, because I've seen things like that before, that we create something so no one can qualify. But I think I don't think that's unreasonable, that you take a class for carrying outside, and then at the end of the class you have to demonstrate, you know how to secure your weapon in its holster, you know how to shoot certain distances, and that you're shooting with a certain amount of accuracy. I don't think that's at all unreasonable to add to the Outside. Inside your home, it's you and your family. And you as a responsible citizen or father. So I think we can separate those things out. Because once you're in, in the home, it's yours.
0: One of my neighbors came back from South America and had bought his son a uh, one of those tourist trap bow and arrow sets mm. with metal tips on the arrows. <laughs> and he was shooting them over the playground into the hill on the other side. And certain kids were suggesting that maybe we could try and catch them, which is when I stepped in and stopped them. So reasonable parenting is something we could debate forever.
1: Okay, but part of, part of what we're talking about is what you just said is you interceded, would be some teaching. There's no way we're gonna get 100% of everything. And if, if the goal is 100% of everything, there's no discussion. And I think that brings up a serious problem in our country is the polarization. We have people on the, no one should be allowed to, everybody should be allowed to. And if it's not my way, we can't have it. What Roy and I are bringing up is a middle of the road, a discussion, and yes, it may not catch everybody, There may be some father out there who leaves a loaded gun with a round in the chamber on the coffee table while they're drinking beer and their five-year-old walks in and shoots people. Right. And if we think that we're gonna come up with something that'll stop everything, then there's no discussion. We have to do something reasonably improper for the most numbers rather than doing nothing and rather than having extremes that it only works if we ban everything, it only works if we allow everything. Neither of those work. And that's what Roy and I are bringing here is a middle reasonable position.
0: And I will not burden you or Roy with the the question of who do you think is gonna be more reasonable in adopting some of these changes, the one extreme or the other? I think that's probably a conversation for another time. But thank you, Rabbi. Your shots are all true. And thank (laughs) you, Roy. And we shall have to do this again.